Welcome back to the Ramble Room. Welcome to a brand new year. Happy 22, everybody. First show of the year. And we're starting it off right. We're starting it off with Diane and with Tom Kelly. And joining us is, uh, guess who? Guess who, Ken? <laughs> David Iverson sat in. And the reason that he came and sat in is because we have Marissa Selvig on the line. Hi, Marissa. Hello. Happy New Year to you all. Thank you. Uh, Marissa announced just a few days ago that she was changing her party affiliation. She was still going to run for the U.S. Congress, but instead of doing it as a Republican, she was going to do it as a constitutional party candidate. Do I have that correct? Uh, yes, you do have that correct. Although, because their vetting process doesn't happen until April, the correct verbiage is that I am running for the nomination of the Constitution Party for that office. All right. Who else is running for the nomination, Marissa? Um, I have heard that there has been talk of potentially a gentleman named Joe Shogren. Uh, he's in Cheyenne. And um, that's all I've heard. I don't know if that's if that's for sure or not, but we'll find out, I guess. So, so Marissa, sure. Like, what what prompted you to change your party and decide to run for the nomination of the Constitutional Party? Well, there's a bunch of things. I don't know if you had seen my video um, when Victoria Evis from the Casper Star. Uh, called me and asked me, she said, well, what else do you have to explain? And I said, you know, what I said really is true. Um, the, one, of the, one of the main reasons I switched parties is I've been, I was an unaffiliated voter for most of my adult life, and I joined the Republican Party in 2018 so that I could vote in the primary uh, because I thought it was ridiculous that as an unaffiliated voter, I couldn't, you know, put my voice out there. Um, in regards to who I thought would be a good governor. And so, um, so I changed parties uh, at that point uh, and became a Republican. And, you know, my, my, I grew up uh, in a family of Republicans and conservatives, uh, but I had always thought I was a little more independent than that. <laughs> and so when I joined the race as a Republican, I thought that was the right place for me to be because, uh, you know, I'd read through the platform and my values lined up with the Republican values. And so after campaigning inside the party for a year, and I'm just so thrilled to have met so many great people, uh, but, you know, I see how the inner workings of the Republican Party are. And there, I, I see that the Republican Party in, uh, let's just say in D.C. especially, is moving further and further left. And they talk a good game about um, being fiscally responsible and wanting to be uh, more towards the Constitution, but are they really doing anything about it? And I don't see that they are. And so I feel that my message of God and the Constitution and virtue in governance fits a lot better with the Constitution Party platform. And so I'm excited to move forward with them and work hard to gain their nomination and continue to fight for this race um, to be the next congressperson for the for the state of Wyoming. Hi, Marissa. This is Tom. Um, Hi, Tom. I, I completely understand what you're talking about as far as you pretty much described the inner workings of both major parties, um, how they become right. pawns of big money players and how they yeah. talk a good game and, and then basically um, really go back on everything they made, they promised. Now, my background, I'll, I'll say really quickly, 
uh, without talking too much about myself, is I am a professor of American government urban politics. I am also a former member of the Libertarian Party uh, and now a current member of the Republican Party. And, and I'm with the opposite direction. I saw the same things you're seeing, the corruption, the move away from constitutional values, more towards nationalism and authoritarianism versus, and just general right-wingedness versus actual mm. conservative values. Right. Um, and I thought the better idea was for me to bring my values into the Republican Party and try and pull it back towards its base versus bolting it and thus diluting voices like mine and yours within the party. So in the grand scheme of things, how is America, how is Wyoming, how is Congress, how, how is the conservative movement assisted when people like yourself pull ourselves out of the generally right of center party and leave it? to the rhinos and the nationalists? You know, that's a really great question. And I'm not entirely sure how to answer that question. Um, I, at this moment, in this race, with what I'm doing and where I am and what I believe, I believe that the move I made was the right move for me. Um, I, have one, I have been one to think that, uh, like you, uh, that we could change the party from the inside. Um, but how many times do we have to say that to ourselves and not see any forward movement. Um, and so I think that moving to the Constitution Party is the right thing to do. So, Marissa, um, sure. the history of the Wyoming Republican Party, I mean, let's all be honest, it's been kind of progressive here up until the last few years. Uh, the, well, what we now call the Redcoats, excuse me, the Frontier Republicans, uh, they mm -hmm. pretty much controlled the state party apparatus, but, but that's changed. It's now controlled by some pretty conservative people. So um, shouldn't we make a distinction between the state party and the, the national party? Because I, I look at the Wyoming Republican Party, and it's pretty darn conservative. Um, they seem to abide by constitutional principles, which is, which is the reason why you say that you move to the constitutional party. But don't you think we ought to make a distinction there? Well, yes, you are correct. We should make a distinction. The Wyoming Republican Party is its own entity, and it has its own infighting and in battles. And um, one of the things that are you laughing at that? One of the things no, that uh, <laughs> did you have something you wanted to say? Nope. Carry on. Um, so the Republican Party everywhere has its own problems and it has its own battles. And it was really interesting for me to see what those battles are um, in the last year of campaigning within the party. And because this issue of Liz Cheney is so important to people, I believe at, there were some times where my message was not being heard. My message of constitutionalism and and uh, virtue first. And that is because all I was seen as, as is a vote splitter. And no matter how much, uh, let's say, um, explaining to people what my position is, if all they can see is Liz Cheney and me splitting a vote because I wasn't the Trump's chosen candidate, you know, then what can I do? Um, the Lord called me to run for this office, and I know that I'm the right person for the job. But there are plenty of people inside the Republican Party who don't see that uh, because they are only wanting what Trump wants. 
And that, and as you know, from the, from the candidate forum in June, um, I am not one who is going to do whatever the national party leaders tell me to do. And so I think that the Constitution Party is also a great place to be because should I win, which I intend to, um, then when I go to Washington, I'm not going to be beholden to a, uh, let's say, a, a, the in-party um, wheeling and dealing that happens because I will be on the outside of that. And I do understand that. It's going to be a, a hard road to hoe. But um, I think that it is a better place to be get people who are in the middle, people who just want the government to leave us alone. And I think my message is uh, well found there. Uh, this is Tom again. I, um, yep. I ran as a libertarian in 2018 for a state seat in Colorado. A libertarian okay. party had re recruited me to run. The reason I said yes to it, because I did not want to be an elected official. I knew running as a third party, there was no way I was gonna win. So why was I doing it? I looked at it from the idea that at least I could bring my principles and my ideas to the conversation that weren't even being talked about between the two major parties. Now, I was thinking maybe the whole idea of the purpose of you running for a party that currently has no members in Congress, has very few elected officials across the entire country, would be to bring those questions and those issues to the discussion for the voters that were not being brought up by the two major parties. But you're saying you intend to win. What's the plan to do that? How are you going to upend the two major parties? Hard work, beating feet, and prayer. I'm going to I'm you know, I'm going to go door to door. I'm going to continue to do what I'm going what I've been doing. I'm going to network. Um, and to me, as much as people say, oh, well, you haven't fundraised enough, I would say it's not about the money, it's about people's votes. And the people that I talk to are looking for something new. They don't want the same old, same old. And I, I think sometimes they look at Harriet, and I think that she, she is a good candidate to get Liz out of the way, but she is establishment, and she is not a regular... Um, you know, stay at home mom type person or someone who's working a, a regular nine to five job, like the people I talk to every day, they want someone who's like them. And, and when I talk to people, I hear from them that I'm the kind of person that they're looking for. All right, I'd like to follow up with like a really, really blunt question, then that's part of my charm and part of what people okay. hate about me. Um, but from a practical standpoint, I understand if you if you if you, if you, if you dodge this question because it's a tough one. In the Republican primary, do you have your fingers crossed that Liz Cheney wins because that would increase your chances of winning in Wyoming? No, I do not. I th I think that I can take on whoever wins that primary. Yeah, Thank I have you. I have another question, and this is similar. Last time we interviewed you, I asked you this question, but you just said something about a stay-at-home mom. Right. That, and you are a mother of how many children? Four. And they are how old? They are 14, almost 12, uh, 11, uh, when my son is nine, and seven. Okay, so this is another blunt question, and I asked it to you before. What business have you leaving those children to go spend most of your time in Washington, D.C.? 
Well, we intend to go as a family and then spend, and that way they are with me all the time. And when I come back to Wyoming uh, on a monthly basis, I will not have to split my time between the family and the constituents. I can focus all of my energy on meeting with citizens of Wyoming. Okay. So, Marissa, last week, I think it was, you issued a statement um, as to um, talking about your your party change. And we're going to okay. play a little piece of it for you. And then I have a question for you after it. Sure. I believe that the other candidates and many inside the party have spoken loudly that they endorse big money, negative politics, finger pointing, and talking behind closed doors about who they really support. Okay, so as you know, uh, my program is definitely all about truth, and so is Ken and Tom and Diane's program. So let's just hit the nail on the head. Who is they? Who I didn't hear what part you were talking about. I couldn't hear in my earphones. What part? Oh, you well, in the statement, in the statement, um, you said that the party is all about finger pointing and um, backroom deals and that sort of thing. So, who is they that are making backroom deals? Well, I feel that the honestly, I feel that the Harriet appointment was a backroom deal. I I have said from the beginning, I thought that was insider baseball uh, that she got the nomination um, when many of us were working hard and campaigning and then out of the blue there she was and now the party uh, seems to be parading her around uh, as if she's the chosen one and um and to me that's that and that's what it, that's how it seems and if that's the way it is then that's the way it is uh, and so there have been plenty of uh, there have been plenty of people who i've talked to who are not necessarily okay there have been people I've talked to who are leadership in the party who really appreciate my candidacy, um, but they don't want to support me because they think I'm a vote splitter. Um, and they do they say that to my face uh, sometimes, and sometimes I see it in their actions. And so that's what I'm talking about. And the other part is, you know, I think that part you said I was that was I talking about money in that yeah, section yeah, that you in, played. Yep, yeah, insider about, money about, and. Yeah. Well, it wasn't insider money. It was more backroom deals and um, making policy decisions with big donors. I think we all understand how that happens. I mean, your your podcast specifically talked about um, all of the the money from Pfizer that our so many of the Republicans in our state legislature got. And so for me, the the money in politics drives me nuts, and it and it makes me crazy that people will discount you as a candidate, and they're still doing it to me, even since I've switched parties, uh, that they discount you as a candidate because you have not raised a million dollars. Well, I'm talking to a lot of people, and every one person I talk to, I my philosophy is that is 10 people. And whether they donate or not, th you know, that's gonna be what it's gonna be, but I'm gonna work hard to earn a vote. As you know, per Wyoming statute, the Republican Party can't support any individual candidate until after the primary. Right. And so my question, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little pushback here. So again, I mean, we have this tendency to say the party does this, the party does that. Do you have any sense of who in the party is supporting candidate X or Y? Oh, goodness. Well, um, Yes, I, I'm sure there there are people I have talked to who are definitely supporting 
who are supporting Harriet. Um, and people who have said they that they support me but won't say it out loud uh, because of the Wyoming Republican Party rules. Um, you know, David, I'm going to step in for a second there. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree that there's a difference between official public support and as we were talking behind closed doors, indirect support, like the party is moving along and they are pushing for Harriet, but they don't do it publicly. They're not running no. ads. They're not, they're not giving speeches, but the backroom deals and the phone calls, they are supporting her. They are. Well, I think I, I would tend to agree with you, Tom, that, you know, I Can think I... that everybody, everybody has the, you know, it's their right to support whomever they want to support. I and mean, that was kind of my question. That's where right. I, what I was driving at was May I, who. May go, I give an example? Go, Marissa. Yeah. That's right. I was just going to say, here's an example of some of the things uh, that that I have seen. I called, um, I, or no, actually, I emailed every party chair for the Republican Party uh, back in late August, early September, Uh to get a meet and greet to happen or, you know, actually it wasn't even that it was, can I come to your monthly meeting and introduce myself to the people who attend your meetings? I'd like to talk to the citizens. I'd like to be able to field some questions if uh, you'd be interested in that. And do you know how many of the party chairs I heard back from? Five. I was going to guess two. Yeah. Five. Five. And so it's been it's been a process of, um, you know, and, and, you know, there there are some counties who like Cheney. There are some counties who don't. And um, the ones who don't are very adamant about not splitting the vote. And so I, I feel that part part of my switching parties uh, alleviates that issue of vote splitting by removing one more person from that pool uh, so that we can get her out. And yet it still gives me the opportunity to continue to share my message of the Constitution. Going back very briefly to those five that responded in, what is it, 18, however many didn't. Yeah. There's an old saying in my family that's easier to get forgiveness than permission. All of these meetings are open meetings. Had did you consider just going? Just going uninvited. Uh, no, I did not consider going uninvited because I thought it was important for me to reach out to the people who are the chair of those committees to say hello. You know, I'm Marissa. In case I hadn't met them yet, because I did do my best to meet as many as I could uh, before that process, and so I had done that at a couple of the other county. Uh, meetings and said, I will, you know, may I have five minutes at your meeting? I'm going, I'd like to come and introduce myself. And um, the ones who responded said, absolutely. Basically, my question was after you got the responses, okay, five of them said, yes, you can do that. We'll follow up with those. I guess my approach, because I'm a little more, I kind of like confrontation, frankly. Mm -hmm. I think I would have made it my habit over the next few weeks to go to every one of those meetings I could where I heard from it, where I hadn't heard from the chairman, and make it known to the rest of the people inside that organization that they didn't even bother to respond to you. Well, she really wanted to be confrontational. She'll show up at those meetings now as a That's member of the Constitution Party. Now, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really that's that's good wisdom, Ken. I I didn't think about that because that uh, that's not really my personality is to be yeah. is to go in and ruffle feathers quite that 
I will, in that, I will tell in you that this. way? I will tell you this. I have many years being involved with politics, some of it more intensely than other years. It is a dirty game. It is yeah. a mean game. And it is survival of the fittest. And my, my father, who is also a political scientist, as Tom is, had a sign on his door. And the sign said, mean people rule. And most of his students, he taught at Tulane, most of his students hated that sign. And he said, if you hate that sign, you write me some sort of an essay or some sort of explanation of how that is not true. And in several years of teaching, nobody could ever come up and, and conflict that. No, oh, I would love to answer that, but we're not going to do that right now. This Mercy's time. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. It's how bad do you want it? How hard are you willing to fight for it? Right. And what are you willing to do to get there? Well, and those are all yeah. questions you have to. But you don't you have. Answer... Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm that... sorry. Stepped on you, Marissa. Um, as I said before, you answered that. Uh, I would just come at it from this um, perspective. Ken almost kind of set that up that you're either going to be combative or timid. Is there a way to be assertive and aggressive without being combative? I, uh, that's how I was going to answer the question. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say yes. I believe there is a way where you can be bold and you can be strong and assert yourself without being extra confrontational and combative with people. I think that that's part of the problem of what we're dealing with in Washington and in the state of Wyoming for that matter. I listened to um, the yelling that happened between Senator James and Senator Case at that meeting. My Nancy goodness. Case. Yes. <laughs> and so and so it's just there's so much of that yelling uh, going on that people from what I see in my opinion, let me preface it with that. In my opinion, I see people getting blinded by their hate and their anger uh, and not being able to stop and listen to what other people are saying. And I think I had that conversation with you, Ken, the last time I was on the show, how, how I said I think listening is so important and we've lost that art of listening to one another. Because I, all I don't we're know doing... whether you said that or not because I didn't listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was too easy. <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> I step on you again. I'll, I'll be quiet. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so listening is just, it's a lost art form. And I think if we would take a step back, take a deep breath, you know, as a mom, what do I tell my children? I tell them to take a deep breath, to calm down and to listen to what the other person is saying. They can hear what the other person is saying and have a rational conversation. And I think my mothering skills will come in definitely handy dealing with people with very extreme emotions <laughs> because that's just like children all right let's talk let's take this back to politics shall we okay yep so in the last election the constitution party didn't get anywhere close to 10 percent of the vote so that would exclude them from the primary which means if you were to get the nomination from the constitution party that you would go straight to the general election isn't that correct Correct. Okay, so is that is that part of your, your political calculus as to um, switching party, or did that not even enter into it? Oh, no, that, that uh, definitely is part of the strategy. Okay, and, I believe, uh, and I believe in what the Constitution Party believes in, and I'm, I'm happy to help them grow their party. That, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to ask a question about uh, a principle. Often I ask about practical um, politics, not so much principle, but 
mm-hmm. moving from the the uh, obvious choice of a conservative party to the more principled philosophical one, the Constitution Party. And what you stated here is that you come across as a candidate who believes in certain foundational principles, and those are what come first in politics. Not about, it's not about where you can get your money from. It's not about what kind of deals you can make. It's about standing for what you believe in and in the constitutional process. Yeah. So that being said, I can only imagine that you're not a huge, and tell, correct me if I'm wrong, you're not a huge fan of the cult of Trump. How many Republicans follow his lead on everything? They say, vote for this person, and people vote for that person because Donald Trump said so. Uh, Am I correct in saying that? You are correct. No, I think I voted for him twice, and I think he was a great president, but I don't like the cult of Trump. Absolutely, yeah. And I voted for Donald Trump, too, considering the alternatives. Um, But that brings me to another question. Liz Cheney is in hot water in Wyoming for um, offending the Church of Trump. She is right. the anti-Trump in Wyoming. Why not support her then if you are opposed to the cult of Trump? Goodness, because she has gone so far beyond um, what the people of Wyoming want. You know, if the people of Wyoming, I don't like that. I don't necessarily like that word cult of Trump. Um, but if the people of Wyoming are, are, which they are, are very strong Trump supporters And she is doing everything in her power to take him down, to smear his name. Uh, That is not representing the people that she was sent there by. And um, and I think that's where she's fallen off. She is obsessed with the January 6th um, fiasco that happened. You know, she said herself she would do everything in her power to make sure Trump never got close to the White House again. And that really alienated her from her voters. And I don't I don't believe in supporting someone who is ignoring their constituents. And I agree. Absolutely. I I, I said a long time ago that that Representative Cheney was no longer representative of Wyoming. She absolutely was not representing what voters wanted. And just to be fair to any listeners whose feathers I may have ruffled, uh, I kind of borrowed like the cult of Trump from like MSNBC, that ty- that type of thing, just to, to frame it in that context. I right. fully realize that most people who support Trump support him because he supports their ideals of what they think America should be, not because they're brainless drones who are told what they're supposed to do. I was just kind of borrowing from the mainstream media there from that narrative but it was yeah. a very good answer thank you that's enough well, and that. one, one of the things <laughs> one of the things i've got that's the news about, out back if you're ready ken <laughs> i was gonna say one of the things that was great about trump and his policies is they really work they they edged towards uh, a lot of the principles in the constitution party of limited government and um and a, a lot of the things that they believe in Especially limited government. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we all need to get the government smaller. We we definitely do. There are a number of ways to do that, but we'll not discuss most of them here right now. Any other questions? I'm looking around the room. Oh, yeah, I, I do have one because we Go have down. the whole idea. Let's, let's say we bring the, the principles of the Constitution Party to Congress. Marissa okay. wins. And you are the only member of that party out there. Now what? How do you exude any type of influence on your own like that? Well, I think you do it one step at a time and one person at a time. Um, I love people. And so when I get to Washington, whether or not uh, whether or not a person is a Republican or a Democrat, 
I am going to talk to you and listen to you and we are going to share our ideas and I'm going to tell you what I think and I'm going to bring my constitution with me everywhere and I'm going to put it in your face and I'm going to say what you're doing is not constitutional. Where is that in the constitution? And if they're willing to have a conversation with me, then we have that conversation of what kind of reforms can we come up with for XYZ program or can we even think about getting rid of this bureaucratic agency and how are we going to do it um and i think that there are all there i i've said this before i think there are democrats in washington who are afraid to be who are afraid to agree with republicans and conservatives because of the very far left extremists and um and i'm going to i intend to find those people and and work with them and figure out how we can get our nation back to its founding documents and principles. Well, I would just look at it from the perspective that if you were to win, it would be very limited any type of influence you could have out there. You'd probably end up coxing with the Republicans in general. But I do see a practical reason for it. If the Constitution Party actually wins a seat, actually makes it to Congress, that emboldens it in all 50 states. Yeah. And I've seen that happen with it's the reason the Libertarian Party is the biggest so-called third parties, because it's right. actually won some elections now. So at that point, you can make the Constitution Party become a serious contender and and the very least make the Republican Party take notice that if they move too far left, they've got someone on the right who's going to pick up those votes. Yeah. Yep. That's really great. And it's true. I you know, I I've always been one who thinks that we ought to have the third parties involved. It drives me nuts that they aren't included in the presidential debates so often. That's one of the things I love about Wyoming is that they allow everyone to participate in the debate process once the general election comes. But I've, I've watched some of the third party debates um, the last couple of years online because they haven't been included in in the presidential debates especially and i think that would bring so much depth of conversation and debate to the table if we could get the constitution party candidate and the libertarian party candidate and the green party candidate and whatever other party is running in that in that election and have them actually have a discussion for example i wish that joe jorgensen would have been on stage with biden and trump in that in that last election cycle to get that perspective in there and to get them to stop yelling at each other and maybe actually have a discussion or a debate about something instead of just screaming all the time, she would have been a voice of reason. And I think that third parties can be, not always are, but they can be good at that. One last question, Marissa. Sure. Mm -hmm. So as you, if you're successful in getting the nomination from the uh, Constitution Party, um, that would put you on the ballot um, for the general election, which means mm-hmm. that there there could potentially be three candidates. Um, are you concerned that we'll have we'll have a big vote splitting incident yet again, and then our representative will get elected with less than fifty percent of the vote? No, because there's generally always three to four candidates who run in the general election. Um, I haven't seen a, an election in recent years where there hasn't been both a libertarian and a constitution party candidate on the ballot. Uh, and so I don't, I don't see it as that. I think I see it as the people of Wyoming have, a, have good choices. Fair enough. Well, Marissa, I thank you for joining us. Uh, tell our listeners, if you would, how they can reach you, how they can help you out. 
Absolutely. My website is still the same, www.selvigforcongress.com. Uh, you can reach me there. There's my phone number. My email is selvig, is vote for number four, Marissa, at selvigforcongress.com. You can email me. I'm an open book. Um, as you all know, I will answer any question that you ask me. Um, and then uh, you can contact me on all my social medias, Facebook, I'm Selvig for Congress, Twitter, I'm at Marissa, Marissa Selvig, and then I have all of my other socials listed through there. Um, so please call me. I want to talk to you, uh, even if it's uh, a coffee roundtable or a beer at the bar. Um, I just Oh, you're going to hear from me then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next time well, you're in good. town, you know where to find us. Yeah. Thanks, Marissa, for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. Thank you.